You're listening to the eFree Lethbridge Podcast. My name is Monica Lowen. I'm the online community pastor here at eFree Lethbridge. Thanks for joining us in our podcast. Our service on site here, this looked a little bit different. We spent time in communion this week. We heard testimonies, we spent time in prayer, and so we didn't exactly have a sermon. Rather, Pastor Jeremy led us in a short message about communion, and so we're going to invite you to take a listen to that. Uh, one of the things that I really enjoy doing when I'm out in public is uh, watching people, people watching. And uh, recently, in the last number of years, I've noticed, particularly in people that are in restaurants, I've seen so many couples and so many families sitting around the table, giving total attention to their devices. Even couples that I'm pretty sure are on a date, not paying attention to each other, total attention to their devices. Chefs are saying, and restaurateurs, owners of restaurants, that the average time it takes to eat a meal out has increased dramatically over the last last number of years because People are taking longer to order. They're not paying attention to the menu. They're checking their social media, and they're taking pictures of their food when it comes to the table, and that takes them a long time because it has to be just perfect. And they're paying more attention to their phones than they are to their food. And I think we can recognize this in our society. We recognize this frustration with devices in our own house. We're currently trying to teach our 14-year-old son how to use his device, not be used by his device, and he gets engrossed in it. And so many times I will ask him to do something and he will say yes, but he's engaged in his device. And then like two or three minutes later, he'll say, wait, what did you ask me to do? And I haven't used that to my advantage yet because I'm a good person, but maybe soon. The reality is I'm not always a good example either. My wife, Christine, has had to tell me more than once to look up from my phone to say goodnight to my kids. We're distracted. We don't pay attention to one another. David Fitch in his book, Faithful Presence, puts it like this, we've lost the capacity to be present in our society. We are a mass of disconnected souls related to each other only in the most distanced and controlling ways. This is true as well in the two instances that we read about of the practice of the Lord's Supper in the Bible. The Last Supper that Jesus had with his disciples just before his arrest and crucifixion, we see this in in each of the Gospels, and also the church in Corinth where we have been spending some time over the last few weeks. And since we're maybe a little bit familiar with Corinth, let's start there. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 20, Paul says this, when you meet together, you're not really interested in the Lord's Supper. For some of you, hurry to eat your own meal without sharing with others. As a result, some go hungry while others get drunk. I remember when I was maybe in late elementary, early, uh, early middle school age, my job in my family was to set the table for breakfast because I was an early riser. I am not such an early riser anymore, but back then I got up early and so my job was to set the table for breakfast. And, and I remember setting the table one day and there only being a little bit of milk left and I wanted to make sure that I got some of the milk because I wanted to have cereal and cereal without milk is 
just disgusting. And so I wanted to have milk in my cereal. So I made sure that, you know, before I called everybody to the table, I poured my cereal and poured my milk. And then I discovered that there was actually more milk in the container than what I needed for my cereal. And my selfishness took over, and I thought, I don't want anybody else to have milk. So not only did I pour cereal or milk into my cereal, I poured milk into my glass and drank it to make sure the jug was empty before anybody came to the table. This is, it's not good. I said I was a good person, but clearly there's evidence to the contrary. This is what was happening in Corinth when they came to the Lord's table. Essentially, like, I don't really need to eat this. I'm kind of full. But if I don't, somebody else will, so I'll eat it. And selfishness and individualism were taking over and showing up and hoarding and gorging. And it's bad enough, right? It's unkind, it's unloving. But Paul takes it a step further. In, in verse 29, this is what he says. He, well, let's start verse 28. That's why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. And what Paul is saying is that when we come to the Lord's table, Jesus is present there, and we need to discern, we need to pay attention to his presence at the table, which begs the question, where's Jesus? Right? Where is Jesus? And the Bible tells us that Jesus' presence is made manifest, is realized, in the relationships that we have with one another in God's family. It's made realized in the community as we gather together. The people gathered around the table manifest the presence of Jesus. We are Jesus' body. And when we live and eat just for ourselves, we don't discern the body of Christ because we ignore one another. But when we pay attention to one another's presence at the table, we pay attention to the presence of Jesus at the table. This is why Paul tells them at the end of the passage that they should wait for one another. Pay, pay attention. Notice the people around you. Who still needs to be served? Who still needs to be connected with? Who still needs to be recognized? Wait for one another when you gather at the table. Now, if the Corinthians were a mass of disconnected souls related to each other in only the most distant ways, separated by individualism, the disciples revealed themselves to be a mass of disconnected souls related to each other in only the most controlling ways. For example, in Luke chapter 22, one, one example of this, uh, of, uh, one record of Jesus' last supper with his disciples in Luke 22, Luke tells us that Jesus sat at the table with his disciples, this last meal before he's going to be arrested and crucified, and he takes bread, he, gives, he breaks it, he gives thanks for it, and he passes it out to them, telling them to eat it because it represents his body which is given for them. And then he does the same thing with a cup of wine. He takes the cup, he gives thanks for it, and he distributes it to them, telling them that it represents the new covenant, the new relationship agreement that will be established by Jesus pouring out his blood. So he has just told them he is going to die so that they can be connected to God. And then this happens in Luke chapter 22, verse 24. So he just finishes distributing the bread and the cup to them. Verse 24, then they began to argue 
argue among themselves about who would be the greatest among them. If the Corinthian problem was a deficit of attention, the disciples' problem is a deficit of submission. It's especially jarring when you try to marry the the passage in, in John's gospel where he gives witness to the events that surround Jesus' last supper and he indicates that during some time during these events, Jesus gets up from the table, wraps a towel around his waist, takes a basin of water and starts washing his disciples' feet. And it seems possible at least that that happened before they started arguing about who was the greatest. He'd just given them an example of what it looks like in the kingdom. When we come to the table, we come recognizing each other's presence, and we recognize it's the Lord's table. Jesus is here, and he is Lord. When we recognize and pay attention to Jesus' presence and acknowledge and submit to his lordship, it begins to shape us as individuals, but also collectively as the community into the way of Christ. We don't hoard or gorge because we're paying attention to one another and we're waiting for one another, making sure that everybody is served, everybody has what they need, not just here at the table, but in the rest of our lives as well. We don't grasp power and position because we submit to the Lord. It's his table and his kingdom. So today we've lit some candles to remind us of Jesus' presence. He's not present in the candles. He's present amongst us, his body. The candles just help us remember that he is here. And to help us pay attention to each other's presence, to help us discern the body of Christ as Paul has asked us to do as we come to the table, I'm going to invite you to come up on your way to communion to light a candle using a match that you were given as you entered the room. The lit candles on the table will remind us, even in our seats, of each other's presence around the table. It's also an act of submission. We're going to take our match and light it from the center candle, the the candle that represents Jesus, remembering that we only come to the table because of Jesus. We only have hope and life and light and forgiveness because of Jesus. And so we're going to come to the table together. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to move out. Okay, so in a moment, you're going to stand up, move out to the first aisle that you come to when you move out. For those of you on that side, it will be against the wall. For those of you on this side, against the wall. Then come down to the front, light a candle on the table that's closest to you. For you guys in this aisle, it's going to be really tempting to go to that table. Don't come across over to this one. Okay? Same for you guys in this section. Come across over to this one. Take the match. Light it in the central candle. If you need to pick up a candle to light it, that's okay. They're not arranged in a sacred pattern or anything like that. They're just spread out. So pick it up, light it, and then you're going to take your lit match and put it right into the glass of water that I have because it's hard to blow them out through the masks. So put it in the glass of water to put it out. You can just leave it there. Take your communion elements and then return to your seat. Once you have your communion, if you want to sit down, uh, that's fine, or you can stay standing while we sing these songs together. Let me just say this before you start to move. In the first service, one of the things that brought me great pleasure and delight was as people were waiting in line, they visited with each other. That's discerning each other's presence. 
and that's okay. So if you are around somebody and you need to give them a hug or a hello, that's totally appropriate in this time because we are the body of Christ coming to the table together. So would you stand up? So remember, out to the first aisle, up, across, light the candle, take your, take your uh, thing. So don't come down the middle aisle, go to the outside. So all right, go ahead. Thanks for listening to the E-Free Lethbridge podcast. We'll see you next week.